and we thought we were all on the same plane with the staff and uh we found out in the air in the shuttle from the air from the hotel that we we're not we're not we don't fully know why that happened we don't know why we're on a we our flight even leaves at the same time and arrives at the same time we don't know but we're great wait let them have this on ambient noise Knox, was that good? Was that good? You said to have ambient noise. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be so mad at us. I know. Did we did we f it up, Knox? I hope every if you don't hear this, you guys let me know because I want to make sure I tell Knox to include this. Okay, um, everybody have a good day. It's <laughs> not a voicemail. Sorry. <laughs> Test, test, test. Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Um, okay, we're going, we're going, we're going. Okay, so intro, call to action. I'm going to do the call to action kind of on the cuff. Yes. Yeah, That's okay, right? Um, all right, this is 450 behind the scenes intro episode. All right, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode number 450 of the podcast. I'm your host, Knox McCoy. And I'm your other host, Jamie Golden. The podcast is a show dedicated to the life of ADC. We're committed to educating you on the things that entertain but do not matter. To find out more about these behind-the-scenes pursuits, check us out at knoxandjamie.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Popcast, and we're on Twitter at PopcastPod. Uh, thanks for joining us this week as we are going to be letting you behind the curtain of the PMG. But before we do that, you guys, this is a behind-the-scenes of our live shows in April and we have one left that's on April 30th in Dallas we would love to see you in person despite the fact that 2,000 seats have already been claimed we still have a little bit of room at the end if you want to be with us in person in Dallas on April 30th however if you can't be with us in person we would love for you to be with us online we are going to be live streaming the April 30th show in Dallas Terrence is going to be your special live stream host. It is going to be magical. Invite your friends over, the people who are BFOTs, FOTs, who like the podcast, the people you text about the podcast. Bring them over to your house. Sign up for a live stream. You can watch us live on April 30th at 8 p.m. Or let me do that last part. Mm-hmm. You can watch us live at 8 p.m. Central from your house or... You can watch the replay. We would love to have you join us. Just make sure you go to the link in the show notes or go to knoxandjamie.com slash live to get your Dallas tickets or your live stream tickets today. Perfect. That's off the cuff. Yeah. That's pretty good. Okay, That's you. pretty good. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com uh, All right, Jamie. So this is a very special episode because we are not recording in our offices. Uh, we're not even recording in the podcast office. We are actually... Uh, we're, I'm just going to paint a picture. Okay. We are in kind of like an open air green room. Yeah. We are in Seattle. We have just finished our third show in three weeks. Um, no, one week. To be honest with you, I feel like it's three <laughs> Does weeks. It feel like three? It's actually been six days yeah. since our last show, the uh, first show. I've aged three years in six days. I could tell you that. I know. Right we've now. gone to Birmingham, Chicago, and Seattle. And we did a show in Chicago, got home at midnight, like to our hotel, uh-huh. and then all got on flights that left before 9 a.m. That's right. In hopes of getting to Seattle in time. So we, we, have, we have finished, but to honor this episode, um, we wanted to record like this because, uh, you know, we want to show kind of what it looks like to produce a live show. You know, we, we want to like show you guys behind the scenes, the nitty gritty aspect of it. Um, I'm, I'm up against a, almost like a velvet green it's sitting chair. It's actually really pretty. I'm thinking, can I get this in my carry-on? It's very pretty. It's not very comfortable. I'll tell you that. Oh, okay. Fair, I'm kneeling fair, against fair. it. I'm holding... A microphone like an animal you're sitting in the dress that you just wore at the live show That's right. <laughs> you're holding my blue microphone has been in my garage i know it, it kind of smells like your dog yeah well probably mildew honestly okay, that's good, what good, that good. is feeling good about that but you know uh in accordance with the the kind of episode we're doing this week we wanted to uh go rough and rowdy uh with this recording so um you're gonna you're hearing us right now post live show what you're about to hear is all the audio we've created and our team has recorded in uh, the lead up to this weekend's live show. You're, you're going to hear behind the scenes stuff. You're going to hear a lot of ambient noise. You're going to hear us traveling. You're going to hear conversations at Outback where, um, not going to name names, one of us is super high at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> not going to name names. See if you can figure it out. See if you can figure it out. <laughs> but this is, I'm really excited about this episode because I think, um, you know, uh, I think we have a good process and I think people are really cool uh, and they, they know what's coming up. Uh, and I always love doing that. But I also think people are really interested in what goes into making a live show. So I'm really excited for people to get a look at what's going on here. All right. So um, again, you are going to listen to a piece together recreation of our live show experience. Uh, so check that out. And then we're going to hit you on the backside. No, don't say that. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's weird. It's a live show rowdiness. Don't you like it? Uh, so you're going to hear that. And then we'll catch you on the other side with our lights in our Amazon item. Uh, so how's everybody's yeah. tripping or what's the... Yeah. It's snowing. What's you in for? <laughs> what brings you into town? We, the four of us in the front, we're here for work. Work? Okay. Special group or... Um, we're doing a live show of a podcast we make. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, yeah, well, it just started snowing. <laughs> <laughs> So this was Jamie making small talk with a shuttle driver. It should come as no surprise to anyone that Jamie is making small talk with a shuttle driver. But I love this moment to start the episode off because I feel like it's a great metaphor for putting on a live show. For one, when you're touring for a live show, most of your time is spent traveling. But also, regardless of whether or not you are traveling or you're at the venue preparing to do the actual show, there's this unspoken reliance on other people throughout the whole process. 
Everything from Jamie, Aaron, and myself all relying on each other to do the things we're supposed to do during the actual show on stage to all the staff at the PMG doing their jobs, to the venue people, to the audience showing up, to our families holding things down so we can be gone, and all the way down to the shuttle driver getting us from the airport to our hotel. And just like us, he's got his own job to do too, right? Uh, you can hear it actually at this moment when he cuts Jamie off so he can make his announcement. Yes, and, we, and it's we've had a great experience. You're welcome, man. Yes. So, excuse me really quick, everybody. Uh, just to have your attention, please. All that to say, for a podcast that started off with just two people in two different states, getting to the point where we can do live shows in multiple cities in very different regions of the U.S. across one week, that requires our reliance upon so many different people. Accordingly, to honor the behind the scenes of this episode, let's start there and let's meet everyone with the PMG who all in their own ways helped drive the shuttle of this live show tour bus. I'm Christiana. My name is Emily Zarbuck. It's Tara Bremer here. Hey everyone, I'm Terrence. My name is Evan. Hey y'all, my name is Madison. I'm Indy. So when we hired this amazing staff, we did that mostly with just the day-to-day of the business in mind. Now, after Erin, Christiana was our first permanent hire, and this proved incredibly fortuitous for us because not long after hiring Christiana, the business grew pretty rapidly, and we had to pull Erin out of operations because she was so good on the microphone, and we needed her making content to keep up with the audio demands of both the podcast and the Bible binge. Now, this was only possible because we had Christiana in place to ascend to operations and because she's just really good at everything. She's somehow a jack of all trades and master of them, but most importantly, she's also good at all the weird stuff that comes with this job. If this was a normal company, it would be things like spreadsheets and hiring and productivity and um, systems and all of that, which I for sure do. But because we're the PNG, I also get to do super weird things like send life-size cardboard cutouts of Coach Knox to the office and interview artists to see if one can truly help us capture the vision of Pickles the Legless Horse. Because Christiana is so good at her job, we empowered her to hire staff to help us keep up with the growth of the business. And so she did. Christiana found Emily to help us, you know, have like a budget. I'm the chief numbers officer for the PMG, so I literally have the receipts. She oversaw the build-out of the editing department with both Terrence. I am an associate editor at the PMG, which means that I edit some of your favorite podcast and Bible Binge episodes. And Madison. I'm an associate editor with the PMG, so chances are if you're listening to it, I probably helped edit it at some point. Which meant that Knox wasn't always in the editing dungeon and was now freed up to help develop better content. Christiana also found both of our community managers, Indy for the podcast. I'm the community manager at the podcast, which means I help out with social media and email and Patreon and graphics, and I do the show notes. I hope you all read the show notes. And Evan for the Bible Binge. I am the community manager for the Bible Binge. What that basically means is that I take care of our community. So that could look like uh, doing posts on Patreon over the Bible Binge Seminary, hanging out on social media, doing show notes, and any number of other things that come out throughout the week. But again, this was done for the day-to-day business. None of us really thought about if these people would work well with live shows. And this was mainly because we thought we were done with self-run live shows once we signed a touring contract with Compassion International. But after that fizzled out, suddenly the burden of putting on a live show fell squarely onto Christiana. Now, luckily for us, we knew we had a very capable staff and even capable friends of the show like Tara Bremer. I am the backstage manager, a.k.a. the BS manager. 
and assistant producer for the podcast live shows. Who we were able to use as a critical part of the pre-show and backstage process. I don't work for the PMG on a regular basis. I work for myself. My business is called House Peace and we help people lighten up their clutter whether that's in-home and we help people purge and sort and donate and reorganize and get systems or online. I do online classes and online organizational coaching and I bring this same energy backstage for the live shows. Things can get kind of chaotic pretty quickly and I know how Knox and Jamie want things. So I'm pretty much at the disposal of Christiana and Aaron and just do whatever they need me to do. But that still left all the other logistics up to the PMG. Luckily, we knew Christiana was up for the job, even if she didn't really have much live show producing experience. I have run exactly zero live shows before this live show tour. But um, interestingly, I had played a part in different versions of live shows. I used to work in sports. Um, I worked for uh, Disney, the ESPN complex at Disney, and for Nike. And so... Funnily enough, I had had little parts, little very insignificant parts of different um, types of live shows, anything from, you know, making sure that backstage was stocked with sprinkles cupcakes when I was working in LA or making sure that the talent knew how to get from their dressing room to the bathroom um, or even like uh, planning out the actual layout of an event, uh, making sure that, you know, the maps and everything were great and people knew where to set up chairs and stuff, but I've never never been the one with the headset on with all of the answers um, that people are looking to. And so that's been that's been new. Now, in addition to this being completely new for her, there's an even more interesting context to supply here. Not only is Christiana doing this for the first time, but she's also in her third trimester. And not only that, she's juggling all this in addition to her day to day job for us. Um, honestly, it it just feels like a rite of passage. Erin, um, she ran the Portland live show event. I believe it was Portland when she was in her third trimester. So it really just feels like um, like a passing of the torch moment. And, and I'm really into that. Okay, so two things here. Number one, the subtext is that if you produce a live show for us, you have to be pregnant or you will become pregnant. Number two, beyond the issue of just doing a live show, there's also the planning of it, which has to happen pretty far in advance, particularly in this COVID era where there's been this compression of all kinds of performers not being able to tour. So the artist inventory is very high, which means the demand on venues is very extreme, which ultimately means you got to work very, very far in advance. I'm getting to my email and the first initial emails that we had sent to venues uh, to see what their availability was, was back in February of last year. However, I know as a team that we had spent a good amount of time, at least a month, um, trying to figure out like, when do we want to do this live show tour? When do we think things are going to be safe to travel again? And um, what sort of cities do we want to visit? And so, I, I mean, I guess technically February of last year, but it had been a lot longer, maybe even towards the end of 2020, which, you know, we had high hopes. We did. Christiane is right. We did have high hopes. Uh, And hope is the operative word here because when planning live shows, so much is out of your control. But as anyone who has seen the Mac Wabag movie, Deepwater Horizon, uh, remembers, uh, besides the lack of romantic chemistry between Mark Wahlberg and Kate Hudson, the most memorable thing I take from that movie is the quote, hope is not a plan. That's something we say a lot at the PMG. Hope is not a plan. You can't just hope for good results. You can't just hope for good venues. You have to have someone very organized and very diligent like Christiana chasing them down. But even more than that, you can't just pick any city and expect people to show up. You have to be very strategic and very thoughtful about where to go and why. So let me talk about why we choose the cities we choose. We base it on two factors. Where do listeners live? 
And then do listeners live within three hours of the city? And so we can look at the back-end data. Um, I suddenly don't like the term back-end data. <sighs> okay. But we look at the back-end data, and we look at our top markets. And we can see metro areas, how many people listen in a month in that area. And you guys, when I tell you that Dallas is our biggest market, it is our biggest market by two. <laughs> so it is huge. We're always going to go to Dallas. And then uh, Birmingham is our fourth biggest market. But Birmingham is easy because it's where more than one staffer lives, full-time staffer lives. It's also Now, because this is a behind-the-scenes episode, I'm going to break in here, and I'm going to shout out how uh, Jamie is recording this, and she would have you believe she's in an airport. And there's a little soundscape uh, details that you'll notice if you go back and listen that suggests this is an airport. This is not an airport. She recreated this. We uh, ran such a tight timeline of like getting to hotels and venues and getting to uh, catching flights that we actually never had time to record this like in an airport. So what she did is she went home. And like downloaded and recreated like the soundscapes and the the aura of an airport and the energies of an airport just so it could fit in with the uh, the audio aesthetic of this episode. That's how committed to the behind the scenesness of this episode uh, we are. So that's the that's the behind the scenes behind the scenes. That's the meta behind the scenes. And then uh, Seattle was a make good. We were supposed to be in Seattle in June of 2020 for Knox's book release for All Things Reconsidered, but uh, pandemic Lovato happened and we couldn't go. Chicago is that perfect example of, it's actually our seventh biggest market, but there are so many other smaller markets that were, are within driving distance. So when we asked at the show how many people flew there, over half the room raised their hands. So people were coming from Indiana, Michigan, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, all over, Oklahoma, uh, Maryland, to come to that show. Because Chicago is a pretty rad city. And so it's worth a weekend away. You can make a weekend of it in the way that you can't maybe make Tuscaloosa, Alabama, a weekend of it. No offense. I've been to Tuscaloosa. She isn't wrong. After the break, now that we've met the people responsible for all the behind-the-scenes success of our business and these live shows, we're going to listen in to see what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. Evan? Yeah, I'm not your Are we fighting? Is this our first fight? I think so, and I hate it. I hate it. I feel so much dead. Christiana, I think the world of you, and I just... But I do need to dig my heels in on this particular point. This episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Aura Frames. It's Knox here with your annual reminder that Mother's Day is just around the corner this year. Let's think outside the box a little bit, guys. Forget sweaters, candles, or the dreaded bathrobe. They're also predictable and boring. That's why this year I'm recommending you get an Aura Frame. It's the perfect gift to mix things up and give a gift that shows some real thoughtfulness and is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. We actually have one of these in our house right now, and we absolutely love it. It only takes about two minutes to set up, and it was super easy. Between all the kids, I was a little worried we'd run out of room, but it has free unlimited storage for photos and videos, and you can invite as many people as you want to contribute to the frame. Now that the kids are a little older, we've added them as contributors to the frame, and it's been really fun to see a few of their photos pop up from events they attend without us. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting auraframes.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code podcast at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big, 
small ones, whether it's the stress that comes with planning a big event, having to redo the electrical in your entire house unexpectedly, or simply having to go on a picnic lunch when you'd rather be home pantless watching your favorite show. Stress is truly a universal experience that if left unchecked can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest and work through anything that's weighing you down big or small. I've truly noticed such a difference in my stress level since I started therapy years ago, making it a priority and a consistent part of my routine has allowed me to relieve my stress in a very safe environment instead of bottling it all. As someone who has a hard time sitting in my feelings, it's given me the habit of reflection so I can identify and deal with stressors early on before they overwhelm me. BetterHelp is a convenient, flexible, and entirely online, making it easy to stay consistent. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash podcast pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash podcast pod. All right, picture this. It's finally getting warmer and you're picking up the after work run or a workout, but it's 4 p.m. and you're ready for a little snack to keep you going. What you want is something with clean, wholesome ingredients, but it's hard to find a snack that is great on the go and also fills you up enough to make a difference. Get ready to find out how good healthy snacks can taste with Chomps. We're big fans of Chomps at my house because not only is it so easy and convenient, but it's made with natural ingredients that taste great. Whether I'm prepping for recordings or taking one of the kids to one of their many end-of-year activities, I always have a Chomp stick with me. They're also allergy-friendly, so I never have to worry about one of the kids deciding they want to take it with them. Chomp sticks come in 10 delicious bold flavors, so there's a healthy snack option for everyone, or grab a variety pack to satisfy your whole family's taste buds. There are even smaller chomplings for a quick snack for any kids in your life. Right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash popcast. Go to chomps.com slash popcast to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash popcast. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. So the weather's getting warmer and I'm so excited to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to dresses and tees. I'm so glad that I found Quince because not only can I update my wardrobe for the long haul, but I can do it without spending a fortune. Even penthouse Jamie, she's trying to save her cash dollars in this economy. Y'all know how I value quality and I want to find timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Now, Quince has just restocked their $40 linen wide leg pant, which I am super bummed to try. They have such a nice drape to them and they're 100% linen, which means they'll be super breathable and I'll feel like I'm wearing no pants at all, which is my preference. I'm also loving the look of the organic cotton gauze roll sleeve shirt, which is also $40. Guys, true story. Like they have great pieces. I am obsessed with the cardigan I have and the sunglasses I have. The Leon sunglasses are dope. Their prices truly cannot be beat. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics. They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass that savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pop for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash pop to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pop. Okay, so we've talked about the people involved. We talked about the logistics, the strategy, and the plan behind these live shows. And while Mark Wahlberg is right about hope not being a plan, to merge famous quotes about plans, Mike Tyson also had some prescient thoughts for us about the oft-laid plans of podcast companies. Everybody has the game plan until they get punched in the face. Then they gotta go to plan two. And for us on this tour, traveling was a little bit like getting punched in the mouth. For some of us, that meant getting snack shamed. 
and then getting through security, everything was going great. Expertly packed my bag, but uh, my bag got pulled simply so that the guy could comment on the number of snacks that I had in there. So, uh, you know, weird. Is that rude to come at a pregnant woman for the number of snacks she has? I don't know. For others, it meant being made to tell a joke while fine dining at TGI Fridays. Uh, the waitress, and I thought this was the darkest timeline of the evening. She came up and asked me to tell her a joke. And the only joke I could think of was, what is the internal temperature of a tauntaun? Lukewarm. It did not land because she was not a Star Wars fan. She went over and grabbed the only other Star Wars fan in the restaurant. And he did not think that my joke was funny. Some of us were forced to make very difficult travel decisions to allow for a pilgrimage to Bucky's. Um, but no, I planned accordingly so that I could also go to Bucky's on my way into town. Um, if you've not had the peanut butter overbite, you've got to try it. Only one of us had to deal with the burden of a deep, sexy, baritone bass voice. Do you hear that sound? That's the sound of Virginia at 5 a.m. in the morning. I'm about to get in the car, head to the airport. We're just 45 minutes away, and it's actually in Tennessee because I live in the middle of nowhere. And I'm also giving you 5 a.m. Terrence baritone bass voice. As for yours truly, I also had a morning baritone bass, but it was less sexy and more, do you need an antibiotic? All right, it's freaking 545 Saturday morning. This is our last little bit in Chicago. We're getting up to go to the airport. And I was dealing with having recently become a social pariah within the company. I'm currently being shamed for not having TSA pre-check. Can you imagine not having pre-check? <laughs> Some of us had to deal with having less than normal seatmates. For the entirety of the four hours, 40 minutes flight, the man next to me did not pull out a single book or electronic device. I checked his ears. He didn't have anything in his ears. He just sat there. And I just feel like he needs some green lights because how do you sit on a plane for four hours without doing anything? And for some, the gummy hit just a little too early, even before the boarding process. Okay, hi, my name is Aaron. <laughs> you don't think they know who no, you are? No, that's what he told us to do that. Oh, I didn't read that whole email. The one that he said, Where he cursed us. Don't the, F this up. Don't F this up. And then He's, he said if we had any questions, we should refer to the subject line of the email. You guys, Knox is so mean to us. <laughs> don't let anyone ever tell you different. Counterpoint, Knox is not mean. This is just called managing distractible personalities with colorful and vivid language. <laughs> okay, so you have to say your name now. Okay, my name is Jamie Bigolden. Uh, where are we? We're in the Chicago airport. We're in O'Hare. Everyone said, don't fly into O'Hare. This place is crazy it this is early in the morning. I know it snowed, you guys. It was so magical. We've already done this on audio. Knox is going to be like, we did that. We covered the snow. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, are you... You're a good flyer. <laughs> you're a good interviewer. <laughs> Hey everybody, Coach Knox here, taking you real quick. If you find yourself enthralled with the house music on an airplane safety demonstration video, probably need to reduce that dosage on your CBD just a little bit. Okay, this music that's playing on this airplane sounds like the beginning of a Jane Austen adaptation. I hope that this we can license this music. Oh yeah, this feels like it's feels like copyright it's on, free. It feels like it's audio, on audio audio jungle. Please, hey, uh, Knox, Madison, will you use this music to start the episode? (laughs) 
But of all the travel experiences, Indy endured the most tumult and drama as we all eagerly kept track of the mystery of whether or not she'd actually make it to our shows. Here's what you need to know about me. When it comes to travel, just I'm just very unlucky. Things always go awry. Okay, it's after 11.30 p.m. and I'm on the plane to Chicago, but <laughs> there's lightning and they are evacuating the ground crew. Okay, they've just given us the terrible news that we have to deplane and take all of our stuff with us off this plane because our flight crew did time out. Ten hours ago, my biggest concern was that I didn't have a TV on the back of my headset thing. Okay, I mean the very, very terrible decision, but the necessary decision to sleep at this airport because they are trying to get a reserve crew to come fly this plane tonight, but it's already two in the morning. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. I'm on my second plane. I've been at the airport for 12 hours and I don't even know if there's enough coffee in the world to get me through this weekend. Lord help me. I'm not the kind of person to clap when an airplane lands, but I kind of want to clap when the airplane lands because I'm just glad to be where I want to be instead of in an airport. Shout out to Indy for persevering and making it to us. And shout out to Nick Thorburn and Mark Henry Phillips for writing that incomparable theme from Serial Season 1 that you just listened to underneath the drama that Indy faced. Serial Season 1, just FYI, did more for podcasting than any other person, network, or show in the early days of the medium. And it's because of the work of those guys, of Sarah Koenig, and countless others that we're able to do what we do. Okay, so... We all made it to Chicago, some a little worse for the wear, but we all made it. Before we get into the specifics of these live shows, the Chicago and the Seattle shows that we just recently did, I want to go backwards first. Remember that first interaction Jamie had with the bus driver? It's snowing. What's you in for? (laughs) What brings you in the town? The four of us in the front, we're here for work. Work? Okay. Special group or? Um, We're doing a live show of a podcast we make. We've been in this job for eight years, and we have almost 20 live shows under our belts. And yet, it's still a weird thing to tell most people what we're doing. Podcasting itself faces an awareness hurdle, and even more so, a live show version of it. But we're undeterred by this, because it's been a grind understanding what it means to translate a podcast into a live show for ourselves. Um, Okay, we are now, we are post-Chicago VIP meet and greet. Um, this is a behind the scenes episode. So I think it's super helpful to um, not just talk about what we're doing right now, but to talk about like where we've been and where we've come from. So Jamie, I'm going to ask you the first uh, contextual question because honestly, I don't remember the answer to this. Sure. Why did we start doing live shows? <laughs> I do think the reason we, we had had the show had been in its life for almost three years mm-hmm. uh, when we planned the August 2016 show. And we actually called it a third birthday party. We actually specifically had it the week that we celebrated our podcast birthday. I did not remember that. Yeah. And we thought it would be, we were like, well, we're going to celebrate three years. At that point, we had decided that we would launch, uh, we would launch a Patreon. Mm-hmm. We would launch, uh, we would try to really go after getting ads and make it a thing. And so we thought, well, what if we had a party? And then the party turned into through brainstorming 
And and by that, I mean brainstorming with me and Knox, like yeah. truly, because it was just us at the time. And we thought, oh, we could have a, a show. And then we thought of Erin, our friend Erin that we knew from the internet. See, I couldn't remember if we thought of her or if Erin knew what we were doing. I was like, you're going to need help. I need to help you with this. I feel like I remember that I texted y'all after I listened to an episode and I was like, hey, y'all need help? I, th- I thought so. Maybe I thought so. it was. I was like, you bozos don't even know what you don't know. <laughs> You know, this is true. and that's, that's true. true. That was 100% true and for me. It's not that we hired her because we did not hire her. Yeah, to be uh, clear. She just helped. She volunteered. Yes. And we paid her with cheap tequila. Mm-hmm. I made cake pops for that event. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, I rem- you made like there was more than just cake pops, though, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. I made cupcakes. Oh, my gosh. I made the food. Uh I think Ashley didn't at that. I know she. We did two events at that theater um, because she had clothes there. Yeah, we had we had flowers. I, that was like you're throwing everything at the wall, being like, "You like this? Is this a good?" <laughs> you want some flowers? We did not make any money on that event. No, we did not make any money, and we did not have any recorded audio from that event. Y'all, that was that not was, the intent, though. That was. Uh, oh, that was not the intent, and yeah. it was the. I don't think I've ever been as angry as I was. When you told us that we didn't have audio, I believe yeah. that of all the times I've seen you angry, that's definitely the most angry I've, I've ever I seen. I was you. so deb- It was like a mix of because I really had felt like I'll I'll be transparent. I really felt like I had convinced Knox to do that live show. You, and, you had you right had. exactly, <laughs> and I had convinced him to do it, and but with the promise that it'll be worth it because this will be an episode later. And our mothers got on stage that's for that right, event. They did I our mothers, about that. Jody and Jan. And uh, I think it was a really special night. But then to have done all that work and really the the peak of I've never been that kind of exhausted in my whole life. And then to find out that the one thing that you really were promising to your business partner you did not have. I just I think back on it and I'm just so sad that we didn't have that audio. I think that's and I'm still I was, sad that we don't have that audio because well, I think it would I'm be not, really special to have. I think hearing that would probably bum me out super <laughs> mega style. So. I did a great job at the show. I don't know what you did, but I was amazing. All right, I'm going to jump in here really quick with a little cleanup and a good news, bad news situation. So the good news is we actually do have tape from the show. Jamie technically is correct, though, because we never got the recorded audio like through the microphones. Um, we have like a recorded file, but just nothing was recorded. It was like the end of contact where there's just like uh, a video recorded, but nothing on it. You know, uh, the bad news, though, is... Uh, the audio bummed me out about as much as I thought it would. Um, not just because the quality. The quality is not good um, because it sounds like – it almost sounded like someone started to do a voice recording during the middle of our show and got distracted and forgot that they were recording. So it's not really good. But also I was as bad as I thought I was. We also, the show, I cannot emphasize this enough, was really, really small. It was so small and kind of sparsely populated that if someone, like, wooed or whooped, um, it was, like, the only thing you could hear in the room. I'll show you an example of what I'm talking about right here. That's right. It was such a sparsely populated room that if you spoke up or in a loud whisper, everyone would look at you and be like, what's up? All right, let's go back to the conversation between Jamie, Aaron, and myself. I remember that was, uh, and convinced is a word. I think I knew it was a smart move to make for the show. Um, even though I wasn't comfortable with it and I wasn't good at it, it was the next, it was a direction to go in, you know? So I was very amenable to that. But I do remember the beginning of the show, like my voice and like shaking, like you would not believe just because I'm not, I'm not in front of people. I'm not in front of people person, you know? So to do that, um, and not really know, how not 
good on stage I was yet. That, well, and I <laughs> will say fun. that surprised me because I was surprised by how nervous you were because I think up until then, our we had uh, truly for that live show, um, we had never since we had started the show until we planned that live show, we had never been in the same room together. Yeah, that's like, right. Like uh, after we had started the show. Yeah. So we had started the show as internet online and had only recorded online, and it wasn't because it was it was that show that brought you to Birmingham to film some video right. content. Yeah. <laughs> In the now, back were of those like, yeah. because back then we would do um, instead of so we weren't on stage all the time instead of like doing transitions or having other people do stuff we would create I'm gonna say skits almost yeah yeah dramatic skits. sketches sketches sounds more yeah but they weren't sketches now. they were actually skits <laughs> they weren't good you but, know but can I tell you like because it was like the first time I'd been in the room with you in a long time we had met before in person once before at a coffee house. In Nashville, but I was so shocked that you were so nervous. I was genuinely shocked that you were nervous because I feel like, and I think most listeners would agree with this, you exude a pretty strong confidence, like in terms of the on the mastery of your words and like feeling confident in your opinions. So like, I was really startled. I was like, oh, and it actually like made me feel better because I was like, oh, good. Because I always felt like the... In the, in the life of the podcast, I always felt like the weak link. And so to have this thing where you were nervous, even if, cause I don't, I think you're great on stage, but I think that you were nervous. It, and I wasn't as nervous. It was like, Oh, this is, can be the thing that I'm the best at. Like this can be the thing. And I don't mean that in a, like, I, we're competing. It's not right, that. Right, it's right, just right. that I always feel you're so great at the episodes. And since that's 99% of what we create to have this 1% that it's like, Oh, this is where I can really be confident where sure. I'm not as confident in creating audio content each week. And that's why I was like, we're not doing it for two years. Cause I'm not, I'm not doing, no, <laughs> I think right. it's funny. That's cause right. I think everybody always feels like the weak link. Cause I've always felt like the weak link, you know? So, and then to do live shows where I have shaky leg, shaky voice. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm bumming people out. They're not liking this. <laughs> <laughs> I can see their faces. And they don't like it. Now, Aaron, when uh, you agreed to do that first live show with us, Mm-hmm. And at what point did you find out that you're being paid in uh, tequila? And how did you feel about that? Uh, I felt great about it, honestly, because <laughs> I genuinely was just like, oh, like, this will be fun. It'll yeah. be a good time. And yeah. then you guys uh, handed me tequila in an alley and said, thanks. And yep. I was like, hey, this is great. And you did an amazing job. And we would not have been able to do it without her, truly. Like, no. we, oh, it would have been a, such a comedy of errors. But I like that for the second show, we did hire you and we paid you $500. That's so. right, which is better than mid-shelf tequila. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You can get some really nice tequila. But still not great. Let's be honest. <laughs> not great. Not great. So, so we did the first Birmingham show. We did the second Birmingham show. And then... Uh, Oh. We went to Dallas. Well, we went to Fort Worth. Oh, that's right. Okay. And we, okay. Uh, a nonprofit had offered up their um, meeting space. Yep, that's right. That is a loose term. And yeah. they were very generous. They gave it to us for no cost, which we were so excited about. Because you had kind of, you'd been really firm about like, hey, these need to make money. Yes. Um, because I, we had done two that had not made money. Right. And I was like, no problem. Well, free venue. We're <laughs> yeah. already ahead of the curve. But the problem was we could only seat 100 people. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we sold those 100 tickets in minutes, like yeah. minutes. And we were like, and I think we only, we didn't charge a lot. No, we didn't and charge we, enough. We just, we, and we'd never gone to another city. So we just didn't know if we could. And then, so we did a second show. As, as you often see stand-ups do, they'll add a late show. We added a late show. So yeah. we had 200 people. Still, sort of awesome, the podcast. They they sponsored our after party, yeah, um, which was just at a restaurant down the street. Um, and that venue, guys, it was like fully fluorescent lit. 
um, people, it felt like a women's uh, ministry tea that yep. you have on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> it didn't help that this is the one we dressed like Donnie Marie. We both oh my gosh, wore teal. Matched. That was we matched because we didn't know that the other one was going to wear teal. Now, I'm going to jump in here really quick to give you a fun fact. This Dallas live show we're talking about, I listened back to the audio uh, in preparation for this episode, and I'm delighted to announce that I've found the point of origin for Free Jamie. This is the origin story of Free Jamie. I'll play a quick clip and let me see if you can spot the exact moment. I'm going to that. I'm also going to meet no Hold up. We, we agreed we were not going to talk about that. I know. Show, I, he cut it. It's and fun. we got past it, but she came back. I brought back. Yeah. I brought back. Yeah, good. It's last show. You get all the good news. Yep. But here's my problem. The, the I have a question. Uh, my memory's a little uh, confused on this. Is this the show we did after doing a TEDx talk? Like three hours across Texas? Yes. That feels like bad planning on our part. That's right. right. That's the first time we met. That's the first time I met Jason Waterfalls was That's on right. that event. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I – talk about a weak link. I had not prepped accordingly for that TEDx. You, know, you weren't a weak link. You just weren't a weak link yet because you not prepared <laughs> I had not prepared. And – well, and I did think it was going to look different on stage. And then the TEDx people, which, guys, heads up, TEDx people – they believe that the thing that they're doing is the most important thing they've ever done in their entire lives. Um, and so they don't give you any room to be like, oh, no, you if you step off the circle, we will turn your mic off. And we're like, okay, that's the vibe. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Jeez. And uh, so that whole weekend – it was we all stayed in the same house yep this so this was the live show where um after the first one both independently jason waterfalls and ashley came to me separately to the side and said hey um you're doing fine but like you got to be better you just have to be better <laughs> and they and it neither they didn't know they were both doing that but they both gave me the same exact feedback of like you have to do what you're doing but better and like not like you're doing it so that was um that was a real come to jesus moment for me in live shows oh and we were sitting in stools meg meg teats of the sort of awesome podcast was our guest Mm -hmm. and i remember we talked about uh myers briggs we did it felt like a very weird workshop that we were doing and (laughs) it did not feel like a live show the graphics were on like a giant plasma tv that's 100 percent right yeah yeah Yeah, that's right and that and i don't think we got better i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know that we got better at it no next several shows i think pieces got better like branding got better Uh marketing got better i felt like we knew what we were doing logistically yes but we still had not figured out venues and money and all of that uh on your side aaron because at that point you were working with us more and you Mm -hmm. had been involved with all the live shows at what point in the live show process do you feel like okay we all know what we're doing and we're executing this pretty decently uh, the, and it's okay to say right now, like the, we're right now. The, yeah, no, yeah. that's my answer. Right no, now, I think that's right. Well, and I think I think what we did is we tried to do the work of a dozen people, the yes. three of us. Yeah. yeah, and so now that we have actual staff and we have margin, yeah, it's so like it's just a gift to be able to focus on the one thing that you need to focus on instead of the twenty things that you're having a panic attack about. Yeah, you cannot make cake pops and make good content for no. a live no, show. You no, just you can't. can't. You cannot you really do can't. it. You cannot. I, and I think, um, and I'll, I'll ask this, because I want you both to think about this, best live show moment, worst live show moment. It, that tour was probably, it was good because I think we were really building the content out, but there were, like the Louisville show is probably the the low point, the nadir oh, it's of the, the live wor- show experience. It was the worst. It was, just because it was so of... Bad. The, no air Again, not having audio from that first show was devastating. But the Louisville show, it did not have air conditioning. Yeah. Um, 
somehow we thought as a team and all agreed to uh, giving Ann Bogle a pretty regal Enneagram 9 who uh, normally does not talk about erotic literature. Yeah. Um, we decided to play a game with her where she had to decide if this was a real book or not, and it was all erotic literature. Written by <laughs> Chuck Tingle. Chuck uh, Tingle. I also wrote fake ones, and we made her ask, uh, made her guess. Uh, in retrospect, I still love it. You know, just probably the wrong person. No, and we did we did do a VIP party in her house. She let yes. us come to her house. She did and have a VIP party, which was super fun. So they were like, it's a yes and right. Like there were moments that were great, and then it. But overall, I try to forget that Louisville happened for sure. I one of my this isn't a bad moment. This is just one of my favorite moments because I thought it was pretty equal to the content we were putting out. It was in the Raleigh show. I think one of the shows, uh, Michael Lynn, the, the Nestor came with her husband. Yeah, with Chad. I remember, I remember at, uh, looking at Chad at a certain point during the show, and his head was just in his hands, you know? <laughs> Chad and was I, very disappointed I'm, in that's not, I'm not disappointed in him. I'm like, <laughs> no. that's probably, that's commensurate with what we were putting out, you know? So I, 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 blame, I don't blame him for that. But I was like, oh, man, I think we need to get better probably at this. Aaron, what, what about you? Like, when you look back, what was the, the worst moment for you? I think I still have a pit in my stomach from when the, we didn't have the audio. I think I, I oh, just, yeah. like when like you're talking about it and I'm sweating. Like I am I'm actively and sweating. And it wasn't your again, it was the venue, but it was like Well, and it was it was it was it would sucked so hard because like we did all the right things. Yeah. And it recorded 2 hours of silence. And it was yeah. just a 2 hour well, long file. And for silence. context, nobody was really doing live podcast. Yeah, that was that's the other thing. for context. That was almost six years ago. So if you understand the context of like, when you go to a theater and say, Hey, we want to do a live podcast. We're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't understand what you're saying. I remember I would email venues and I, they'd be like, okay, so like, what is this? And I'd be like, it's kind of like a half comedic Ted talk, <laughs> half uh, rave party kind of <laughs> yeah. thing, but yeah. nobody's dancing. Right. <laughs> but it's a good time. I think you'll love it. And then and we're professional. Would, don't yeah, worry about it. Was, it. It never, never translated. It's impossible to communicate to people how difficult it was to not just build out like a good product that we're proud of, but also um, on a minor level, we're not a big deal. We're not celebrities. We don't have like studio. Uh, we don't have at this point. We don't have agents behind us. We're really just bootstrapping all of it, and we're of we're it. learning it. But we're also trying to teach these venues what we're trying to do mm-hmm. because that's not really formalized either. And even to this day, I think we've mentioned it before. Uh, being able to sign with United Talent Agency, they have the juice to get us places because even now they're like, "Why are you at these places? It's weird that you're doing this." It's because we're doing it all ourselves, right? Yeah. yeah. It's because, um, and I think that's a big part of really us being excited about touring with Compassion International was they're going to take on all the logistics and they're going to get us into places. Um, but of course, you know, that didn't work out. I think that's a huge sliding doors moment for us because, oh, yeah. you know, prior to what we're doing now on this tour, it was uh, two years ago since our yeah. last mm-hmm. actual live show. And it, it was it almost was two, three, almost three, almost three. It, it, it was the two years ago where I know like we're still kind of learning, but I thought um, process wise, I was like, I think we're putting out pretty good content. We're we're putting out a good product, and we're making good money because there were a few moments where I was counting on live show checks to like pay some bills, and then it was like, hey, here's two hundred fifty dollars from your live show. <laughs> no. I'm like, I don't I don't know what part of our history had made you think yeah. I could depend on this to pay <laughs> yeah, bills. I, but it was like, okay, power company, uh, can you keep it on, and I'll get you the other half later, like <laughs> stuff like that. But then compassion happens, and they meet with us, and they want us to go on two or thirteen cities. Um, and I think we felt like we had made it. We had made it. Yeah, yeah. we did. And then we did. And then, of course, the pandemic happened. And uh, and then 
<laughs> the pandemic happened and they got out of live events yeah. because they were like, we can't sustain anymore doing this. And so we have to leave this this model yeah. behind and they did. And that meant they left us behind, but we still wanted to do these. And we thought now with staff, we could still do it. We had hired, uh, we had more than doubled our staff at the beginning of 2021. And so we thought we could still do it. Let's try to still do it. Yeah. And I, I don't have really ill will with compassion about that because no. they, they're just trying to stay in business. And I get that. I did think the, the only issue I have, and I, I think we've said this to them, so this isn't speaking out of school. I felt like they knew they were heading there and they held it for a little bit Yeah, um, where we could have done some stuff maybe. And the nature of the contract was we have no options and then they can cancel it at the last minute. So that didn't feel great, you know? Yeah, because, because it, we weren't allowed to tour within 90, I think it was within 90 miles or 100 miles yeah. of any of the 13 cities that we had already booked. Well, of course, we had booked cities that were our biggest markets because yeah. we want to succeed. And so it felt like they had monopolized a lot of our opportunity, which I understand why they did. But it just that didn't leave a good taste in my mouth. But, you know, it's pandemic. What are you going to do? Like, it is what it is. But I do think in a lot of ways, and I'm interested to see if you all agree with this. I think it was the best thing that could have happened because yes. I think we wouldn't have tried to do this by ourselves if we didn't have to, but because we have to, we did. And I think the net effect so far in this tour is this is actually better because we retain all control. You know, obviously the financial upside's ours and it's better. Um, but I feel like it would have turned into a different thing having to do some of the content we're doing at churches. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to imagine us doing the content that we were doing now and then me having to come out and be like, hey guys, do y'all want to sponsor You mean in the middle of after, your, after instead of an errand of grievance, you're like, hey guys, children all over the world. Yeah. And, and, and listen, they, and we they support, do. And, with, and, and they, they do. Are. And we still support, I mean, we still support Compassion as yeah. an organization. Yeah. And so we, we're not opposed to that. We still have our beloved Chris that yeah. we love, uh, who we support. But it just... It wouldn't have, and I will say, if we had not done that, we would not have gotten to have what I think is the best live show moment for me, which is uh, selling out the Lyric Theater here uh, in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's true. Because, and I think this, I think we've talked about this in business when we do uh, the podcast business episodes. Knox and I have always been chasing credibility because we fall into this weird valley between, like, we don't want to be. Uh, Christian thought leaders. Yeah. That's not our dream, but people often put us into that category. But then we're also not journalists talking right. about pop culture. So we don't get invited to South by or to film festivals or, you know, or it's very hard for us to get screeners despite yeah. how, how much we, I, I would say we're, we're better at getting people to watch your movie than critics are. Yeah. Let me be honest. <laughs> um, but we've always been trace, chasing credibility. And so, and we've always, face these huge obstacles because people don't know what to do with this. And the fact that our listeners were like, we know what to do with you. Mm. We want to see you mm -hmm. and we will fly from across the country to come see you. And we will sell out these theaters that you're going to. So, so to have sold out this year, our Birmingham show and our Chicago show. Yeah. That is really just, and I, I know that like you could listen and be like, well, you should just care about like people who do love you. Yeah. And it's like, we would love to do that, but we're in industries. It's the same way that we're all having an imposter syndrome because suddenly you can think, are we not successful? Why yeah. does no one think we're successful when we are? Like, we know we are, but it's just hard when everybody you just, around you- want you, what you can't have. That's and exactly right. I want- Patreon to stop treating us like an aloof stepfather. You know, I just like, just <laughs> we would acknowledge like Patreon us. to okay? send us a gift basket Why? instead of our peers who have one third of the supporters we do. That's Don't what make we me want. do karate in your face, Patreon. Just like acknowledge <laughs> us in our existence. I do think though, um, 
when I look back to how tough a lot of those early shows were, I think by virtue of not being anybody interesting, we were so extra with like everything we were doing at the show. Uh, not just like with cupcakes and flowers and like uh, cake pops, <laughs> but also in just creating a compelling product that I think it it benefits us now because it's not just like sup dummies we're just gonna talk for an hour and then we're out of here it's a hundred bucks a pop like it's a it's a really great show with a lot of different aspects there's visual there's interaction and i feel like we really put time into the content and i think if we'd had success early we wouldn't have done that we would just probably well, yeah because it. we've gone to other pod live podcast recordings and we've been like, are we trying too hard? Because yeah. they do not appear to be trying <laughs> at all. Yeah, trying. I would like, like to try less, honestly, but uh, <laughs> we're too far down that. So we're too, and and I think because of that, we have people who, if we come near them, they buy tickets. I mean, we had so many people show us pictures in Chicago of them at that venue three almost four years ago That's and right. going look i came four years ago when we were in the hallway and knox was laying down on the floor because he was having a migraine <laughs> yeah you know? so. i do like the ratio of two out of three of us lay down after live shows aaron when she was pregnant uh and me for migraines <laughs> after for meeting migraines, too many people yeah. so yeah well i think i think that's a helpful background uh, for people and like the history of live shows, it's not always glamorous. You know, we're not always killing the game. Um, but I think it's helpful to remember, like if you uh, maybe if you come to a show now and it looks like it's it's going off pretty well or thoughtful or like uh, successful. Don't forget, like we were in a hallway, we were next to a sex toy. You know, we there were, was cocaine in our dressing room in yeah, Fort Worth. So it's not always where like the roses. lighting guy just decided not to light us yeah. the entire show. I don't know. That's a choice. Well, you know, he's avant garde lighting. I guess. What do you literally pitting do that? out just thinking about it. Right now. <laughs> All right. Anything else before we close uh, the door on the retrospective live shows? No, but I I just appreciate anyone who came to one of those early ones and is still coming. What a, what oh, a what a gift for you to see see our journey, <laughs> see our growth from the outside, looking in and seeing. Yeah, and I do think you're right, Knox. I hope that people who came to those early shows can go. I saw the seed. Like yeah. I saw now what this became. Yeah, and how committed y'all were to really showing up and creating. Because I think no matter if the room has you know two thousand people in it or literally ninety eight people in it, <laughs> I feel like we've always tried really hard to make good content for the people who do come. That's right. Maybe we should bring back the erotic literature. Closers. I love that game. You I just I mean? think we. I just think we unfortunately played it with a sixteen year old once. Yep, and that's true, Aaron. Yeah, we did. Oh my gosh, that was in Raleigh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Maybe that's Pop why we stopped doing it. I think that is actually why we stopped doing it. Yeah, um, for legal reasons. Yeah. <laughs> if you're wondering, I can confirm that's 100% why we stopped doing it. And that's why we also started vetting people before we brought them on stage. After the break, we will finally get behind the scenes of a week in the life of doing three live shows in very distant cities. Don't go away. This episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. I just love a reason to celebrate a niche pop culture-themed holiday, don't you? Whether it's April 25th, known as the perfect date, when all you need is a light jacket. If you know, you know, or better yet, May the 4th. I'll gladly go all in. I was trying to think of a fun way to decorate R2 Dusty in honor of this most holy day of the year, and then I found out that Pear Eyewear just launched a Star Wars-themed collection. Now, I think I might have to celebrate by getting some new top frames for me instead, because the Force is just that strong in their newly launched Star Wars collection. You guys, I'm not even joking. These frames are so adorable, and when I saw that they had a Grogu gradient, 
I could not contain my excitement. They have 21 unique designs that are all perfectly niche in the most delightful way. Their interpretations of familiar Star Wars icons are like fun Easter eggs that you can easily snap onto your favorite glasses whenever you're in the mood for a change. I love that their frames are so affordable at just $25 and that changing them is so easy. Hearing that little snap when you change out your frames, so satisfying. From legendary battles to formidable icons, these epic designs are for true fans. And whether you side with the Rebels, the Dark Side, or the Mandalorian, Pair Eyewear has got you covered. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair. And support the show by mentioning that the podcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R-Eyewear.com, code POP. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Um, so we're going to do it just like we did last night with a few tweaks to location. So you're in the same spot. Um, you are going to take where Evan was. So what was Evan doing? And we can... Were you grabbing... I was standing... Live shows are 10% what you see on stage and 90% everything else. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes minutiae to get through to ensure that everything runs smoothly, from taking tickets to sound checks and lighting, all the way to making sure the concessions is running smoothly and the merch is getting to whoever ordered it. It's all a lot. Prepping the people, like, we will have a volunteer who's going to take their stuff and just move it to the other side. Fortunately, along with the staff, our secret weapon at these shows are the amazing volunteers who show up at every single city. Hey, my name is Patnisha Goodman. I'm from Minneapolis, and I am volunteering today in Chicago. I'm so excited to be here because, honestly, I'm about 50% Knox, 50% Jamie. And so finally meeting them, I feel like I'm meeting my whole self. You know what I mean? My name's Kristen, and I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. And I'm here in Chicago, volunteer with the podcast live. And it's so awesome. I'm getting to see all the behind-the-scenes activity. Just saw Evan and Indy go out and kill it on the sidewalk. Got everybody fired up for the show. So it's been great. 
Now, along with the staff, these volunteers work together to allow Jamie, Aaron, and myself to focus on executing the actual content of the show, which sounds pretty simple, right? But actually, a lot goes into that. And I'm not just saying that because I'm in charge of content here at the PMG or I want to make myself feel better. Our goal with these shows is to make it look very casual and very chill, but to do so requires a lot of conceptualization ahead of time. For example, in terms of the actual show content, we've been working on that since around February. Different drafts, different segments, different sections all have come and gone. And actually, fun fact, the theme for the main segment of the show, that was actually Ashley's idea. I'm not going to tell you the idea because you either need to come to Dallas or live stream it, but just rest assured knowing it's much better than my original idea. But despite this being months in the making, we are still workshopping stuff right up until it's time to go on stage. Okay. How do you want to start this fun segment of the podcast live? Okay, okay, okay. Is that bad? Is this good? Or is it just not funny? No, it's funny. I just... This is us in the green room going over one of Jamie's segments for the Chicago show. To go tragic? Great. I don't think you can go tragic and then immediately funny. So I think the instinct's right. Because kind of rule of threes, you know, whiff, whiff, now we're into it. I think that's great. Now, to set the scene, again, we are in the green room. And what that means is uh, we're in a room that is not green. Um, there's a piano in it, and I feel like there are no mirrors in it. So take the term green room loosely. But Jamie's getting ready, and she's also trying to adjust one of her sections where she's uh, trying to identify the absurd humor behind American Girl Dolls and their decision uh, several decades ago to originally feature one black doll to represent all African-American girls. Also, her backstory is that she was born into slavery. Still not protecting the bomb? Okay, let's do it again. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. Maybe that, I think that may be the answer. You don't want to engage with me on slavery? That's what the, you don't want to engage with me. It's not that I don't. Yeah. No, no, no. Everybody wants to talk about slavery. I can tell. I can think of the vibe here. Now, obviously, we're workshopping this because it's a tricky line to walk because the point of the joke is to make fun of how ridiculous this was. But at the same time, Jamie doesn't want to appear glib, so we're trying to sound it out to make sure it comes across exactly how we want it to come across. In an episode, we would just feel it out and see what happens, and then I'd smooth out any rough edges with an edit. But again, this is a live show, so it's a little different, and the stakes are a little higher. Also, This is uh, interesting because it should give you a glimpse into how Jamie and I are different because Jamie likes to work out loud and change the rhythm and style of her content according to the reactions of people around her, which is what Aaron and I are doing right now. Meanwhile, I'm the exact opposite. If I reel any of my content and someone doesn't give me the exact reaction I want, I get spooked, so I don't typically reveal what I'm going to say or how I'm going to say it until I'm on stage. But beyond the show content... There's also the matter of the day-to-day business we also have to make time for. Do we feel good about where we're at with the video? Any other conversation for that? <clears throat> Keep the music loud. I don't, it doesn't have to have a voiceover, but if it could be like, be in the room where it happens in Dallas, last chance to be in the room where it happens. Yeah. All right, now this is uh, us preparing for the Chicago live show. This may be an hour before we go on stage. Uh, and we're having to give notes on the live show promotional video that we had shot from the Birmingham live show. This is important to us because we've had a lot of money to have this video made because we want to use it to try to get people to go to Dallas and try to get people to watch the live stream. So it's no small thing, but we are on a time crunch. So we have to give notes at this point, even though there are probably a billion other things we'd rather be doing. And then 30, 22. Yes. And then a new, like, new language. And then you want nicejamie.com slash live? Always at the bottom. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. can be static at okay. the bottom. I almost think on, after that, same screen, but, like, punched over or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, like, I like that. To be, like, because I, I don't want people to be like, oh, I'm not going to Dallas or whatever. 
Right. Uh, so, <clears throat> punch over the live stream. Because remember when we did the live stream the last time, and we had the, and I think you did it. It was the video like on the a TV, like it was. Yeah. So can it sink into a living room? Yes. Like a, so, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a That's shutterstock. <laughs> what she's saying, Aaron, is you did it better last time. Yeah, that's exactly what so I'm saying. That doesn't work. Like that does not work. <laughs> As you can tell, Aaron has grown wise to our strategy of manipulation through praise. Dallas, Texas, SME Auditorium, 43022. Punch out to new screen or join us from a room in your own home via live stream. All right, And then stream come in April 30th because we need to repeat it. People will be like, when's the live stream? Yeah. 22. No for the audio, big Aaron sigh. Big Aaron sigh. Aaron just wants to make sure that she understands. Wanting to understand is a very fair impulse, especially because the closer you get to having to be on stage, the less things feel definitive. Just 45 minutes after giving notes on our promo video, Jamie and I are getting ready to go on stage, but Jamie's microphone refuses to stay secured. All right, we're backstage for the Chicago show, and Jamie's trying to figure out tape or something for her mic. This is like the mic cover. It's come off. The mic cover All is off. the sound people have abandoned me. Somehow I feel more nervous for this show now. I, I didn't and now I do. I feel frantic. I feel frantic. Is it the drugs we took? I did. Yes, it is. It is. It's the cat. It's all the caffeine. All right, Aaron is on stage right now. Warming the crowd up. She's doing really well. Hey, Tara. She's having a mic issue. This is why I went handheld mic. Okay, I hope this goes well. Now, with the benefit of hindsight, I can confirm that everything went well. There were no major issues, Jamie's microphone stayed secure, and I did not black out. Win went all around. But even more than all that, I know it was a success because some of our audience members, when asked about the show, had some of the most lovely things to say about it. My name is Sydney Sheneman, and I am from Zeeland, Michigan. I really loved everything about the live show. The energy and the room was so fun. I haven't laughed that hard in a really long time. But what I loved the most was being able to meet Knox and Jamie and the crew. I kind of run quite anxious as a person and have pretty bad social anxiety and I was pretty nervous going into the night but starting my evening off meeting Knox and Jamie it just felt like meeting old friends and they put me at such ease and it was just a really enjoyable evening. Now that was super flattering feedback but because one of the main rules of the PMG is that if you say something flattering about yourself you also have to acknowledge something not great about yourself. Let's hear from someone who we accidentally humiliated at the Chicago live show. Hi my name is Leslie Kruger and I'm from the suburbs of Chicago. I would love to say my favorite part of the Chicago live show was having the honor of being chosen to go up on stage for the light segment and not at all be humiliated by my lack of knowledge when it comes to pop culture. Unfortunately, she's 100% right. Is it true that one of her answers was so wildly off base that it made me laugh and lose my composure? Yes, that is true. But I should have been more of a professional. That's on me. Sorry, Leslie. Thank you for being such a good sport. I do think maybe my second favorite was the... um, Please advise. I love when Knox and Jamie address listener questions. 
and knowing that we are going to get quite the earful of sarcasm and, as they say, side-eye. Honestly, though, the most dangerous part of the evening was after the show, uh, the three of us walking down the very steep stairs from our green room while it snowed. All right, so we're post-show. Show went great. We're currently walking down. It's snowing. It's, snowing. it's literally snowing. I said it reminded me at the beginning of Station Eleven. I got rebuked. Erin uh, is slowly making her way down treacherous stairs. Jamie is dragging her dress on wet stairs. We're moving. We're moving at a pace that I would describe as glacial. You know, I don't know if it's as obvious to everyone as it is to me when I listen back to us walking down the stairs, but there is a relief in our voices as we're walking down the stairs. Not because we're not falling down the stairs, but because we're done with the show. Not because we don't like the show, but because we didn't screw anything up. We didn't let anyone down. Everything went off like we wanted it to, and we feel like we did a good job. And even more than that, I think it's the relief at now the really hard part is over. And we can go back to some of the cooler stuff that goes along with traveling for these live shows. And, you know, as much as we love the actual shows, to be honest, the most fun we have at these things is all the other hijinks that ensue around the actual putting on and tearing down of the live show. Whether that's Jamie trying to talk geopolitics while we should be preparing. Line people up and execute them and have to stay out of it. Civilians, no. I don't know how this looks if we if they have nuclear weapons. It's like, like I, I get why they're hesitating. Hold on, I want to make sure we're recording for this geopolitical. <laughs> <laughs> so. Or watching audience members try to flirt with Terrence both before and after the shows. We're in Chicago. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite thing about the podcast? No, you don't have to laugh. say me. Oh yeah, no, they make me. Laugh. They make you laugh. Yeah. Knox and Jamie. Yeah. They're the best. And you. And me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or sometimes that means having a community conversation about the struggles of faith and the struggles of being a church over a blooming onion at Outback. It's, but like, you know, Hannah Anderson had a great uh, tweet thread the other day that was like, hey, we have to remember that while we're deconstructing all this, like, there's still, like, if you, like, you have kids or if you're responsible for somebody, like, you have to pay attention to that, too. And also, at that same outbag, Jamie, again, trying to talk about geopolitics. Yeah, yeah. They said we have to stop feeding the hungry, we can only feed the starving. Ira Glass voice. It wasn't the only time she did geopolitics this weekend. <laughs> she actually did it in several different places. She did it right Or... It could mean Emily and Indy having to solve a beef juice conundrum. In Chicago, we ordered portillos for dinner for the staff and volunteers to eat before the show. It was delicious, but we did not have a lot of time. And so we had a lot of leftovers. And one of these leftovers was a large, shallow chafing dish filled with shaved beef and accompanying beef juices. So we loaded it into the Uber. Indy took one for the team and just thought, okay, I'll hold it on my lap. It'll be fine. It wasn't fine. Uh, two minutes into the Uber XL ride in Antonio's uh, Audi, Indy whispers to me, Emily, there's beef juice on my right shoe. And then I uh, felt a tingle of wet beef juice seeping into my left thigh. Uh, fingers crossed that Antonio never notices the scent of beef juice um, and that we all savor the taste of those sandwiches that we ate at 11.45 in the lobby. 
But I think of all the moments that we experience on this live show trip, the one that we'll all remember and talk about long after we've stopped doing live shows is what Evan found in his salad at Outback Steakhouse. There still are a few like coffee shops that you have to wear on them, yeah. but that's how the theater, the theater were that way too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So oh, yeah. yeah. It was. Like, everybody, nobody. There's a ladybug in my salad. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. Oh, that's a full ladybug. <laughs> it's alive. I thought you were kidding. Oh <laughs> no, I wasn't. I cannot emphasize how surreal it was to see that ladybug in Evan's salad and also how active that ladybug was in Evan's salad. I've never seen a ladybug be that active. Uh, much less in a plate of food. So shouts to Evan for dealing with it like a gentleman. And I urge you to stick around for uh, the end of the show where we're going to release a very special song that we conducted in honor of Evan's experience with a ladybug in the salad. All right, as we wrap up this behind-the-scenes episode, uh, let's revisit that interaction that Jamie had with the shuttle driver one more time. What brings you into town? We, the four of us in the front, we're here for work. Work? Okay. Special group? Or? Um, we're doing a live show of a podcast we make. Yeah. Every time I listen to this, I hear something different. And right now, the thing I keep hearing is the driver asking about whether or not we're special group. And I know he isn't asking if we're like the Avengers or the Harlem Globetrotters or BTS or whatever. His word choice is just a clunky phrasing of him trying to figure out if what we do is something out of the ordinary. And it is. The work we get to do is very different and weird and interesting and fulfilling. And the live shows are a huge part of this because it is what pierces the veil between us and all of you, the listeners. And because of that, as crazy and hectic as these live shows are, we love them for that exact reason. But even more, to go back to the driver's question about whether or not we're special group. Okay, special group or? The obvious answer is that we're not. There are much bigger podcasts with many more downloads and significantly better content out there everywhere. However, the people we get to do this work with and those who support our work with their money and attention, that's the truly special group. And honestly, being special group at Jace, that sounds pretty good to us. Uh, all right, Jamie, you want to do some lights? Let's do some lights. And as a reminder, we're still here <laughs> in the green room. We're, I'm leaned up against a chair. You're still holding the mildew microphone. Listen, I am looking at a cinnamon roll that is the size of your and my head, which is the <laughs> biggest cinnamon roll you've ever seen that I'm waiting for us to finish the light segment so I can inhale it. And listen, uh, we've said this a lot. We talk about this a lot. Um, at live shows, there are always so lovely people who bring us the most amazing things. Oh, yeah. And like, uh, y'all the real MVPs because you're not kidding. When uh, when we got that cinnamon bun or cinnamon roll, they said it's a uh, cinnamon roll for a baby. And I was like, what? That's a big cinnamon bun. She says, no, it's the size of a baby. And like, that's accurate. It is. It's accurate. Uh, so Jamie, what is your red light this week? Okay. My red light this week is actually, it happened on this tour. So we were at the airport in Birmingham headed to Chicago. And at the airport, there was a man. Now we will find out later that he's in his eighties, but we didn't know that at the time. And he was traveling by himself. He walked up to a woman because mm -hmm. he was waiting for the same flight we were. He walked up to a woman and said, are you Asian? <laughs> <laughs> which guys just a uh, pro tip here you, you you can't ask people like that yeah. you can't ask people questions like that ever. yeah like ever it's also just not a good question it's you not know? a great question and she was like i'm sorry what and he was like 
are you Asian? Mm. <laughs> he, he doubled down, you guys. And you know why he doubled down? Because she reminded him of his second wife. Oh. Who was also Asian. Okay. And the craziest part of this whole thing was he then went on to pull out his phone, show a picture of all his kids that ranged in ages from 19 to 54. 19? to 54. I'm sorry. That's not a good age range for kids. That's, okay? a, that's a Father Abraham range. I do not like know? that. And then when he got on the plane, he was sitting in front of us and he was talking to the couple across the aisle and he kept going, you know, my dad wanted me to go to Cornell, but my mother really wanted me to go to Brown. Oh, we get it. Your Ivy League. Amazing. It. So guys, pro tip. First of all, don't talk to the strangers across the aisle. Okay. Nobody wants to talk to you no. on a plane. Nobody wants to talk to each other on a plane. And I say that as someone who literally did talk to a stranger on a plane and I ended up in her wedding. <laughs> But I'm just saying most people don't want to talk on a plane. Also, don't ask anyone about their race, ethnicity, religion, yeah. sexual orientation. Just none of these things. I would say, and, and to add to that, I would say if your question is about um, looking like someone that that person formerly had sex with, don't ask that question. Don't ask that question. I told you all this, but uh, Ashley's sister one time was asked on the street with us uh, by a gentleman he said, or he didn't ask. He just made a statement, actually. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. He uh, looked at her and he goes, mm, Asian. I like that. And that's just also not good. You Ew, know, that's gross. a statement. It's not a question, but still not appropriate. Guys, so again, do we're adding this. We're, we're retroactively adding this to the nose of travel. Yes, that's right. Okay. My red light actually uh, is from this weekend as well. Uh, and it's you, Jamie. It's what? you. My red light <laughs> is you because you were duplicitous, not 10 minute, minutes ago okay we uh we we're fortunate here at the seattle <laughs> show we had deal mayfield uh oh join us on stage she did awesome she killed it uh make sure you uh buy all her books and pre-order her newest book it's gonna be amazing but um you know uh, earlier in the week as a staff we had dinner at outback steakhouse <laughs> as one does and i know that sounds lame whatever we're cool it was You're not. delicious it was amazing it was in the lobby of our hotel so it was just right there and we had to do it and after we had that dinner a couple days later Really, you know, just like, uh, I don't know, an hour ago, you just unprompted said that dinner at Outback was like the best dinner I've had in a long time. <laughs> you said that, right? And then when DL showed up, what'd you say? You made fun of Outback. I was like, we took our stuff to, we took our stuff to Outback. Isn't that lame? You didn't represent for Outback. How dare I do, you? I do apologize because, listen, that was the best Caesar salad I've had in probably 15 years. It w And again, may, of, may not have been high. Who knows? Who can say for Who sure? Who can say for sure? But it was a really good dinner. It was, it was a really good dinner. I see so by that. I just want you to respect yourself and respect Outback. I know. I'm sorry, Outback. Okay. I apologize. Uh, what is your green light this week? Okay. My green light this week is a brand new book. Guys, I know I've been on like a book run, but I'm telling you, man, the best books have come out. So this book is by... Hey, um, they are uh, intense right now. We have a heart out at 11. Okay. We, Ooh, we're almost... Okay. We're just telling you. Okay. Thank you for the heads up. We'll probably need some help in four minutes. Yeah. Okay. And that was, if you listen to that, that's Aaron telling us we got to be out of the venue. <laughs> and that's a good note. And the venue it is, is a good note. very adamant about things. They're adamant. Guys, we can see from where we're sitting um, a code of conduct that I'm pretty sure we violated all the bullet points. Let me on be honest. Tonight. When the sound guy came and said, that was great. Do you think he meant it? Oh, he 100%. He's he like, please enjoy. just give me that mic. I got to go. <laughs> I don't I think he enjoyed the show. <laughs> he was great, though. He was. Dave, thank you for your hard work. Okay, so my uh, my green light this week is a brand new book from Mary Laura Philpott, someone who, an author I have greenlit before, because uh, she wrote the book, uh, I Miss You When I Blink, which I freaking loved. Well, this is her brand new essays book, Bomb Shelter, Love, Time, 
and other explosives. Mm. And y'all, I was reading on this plane and I kept turning to Aaron and be like, read this sentence. And then I'd be like, read this paragraph. And then I'd be like, read this whole page. <laughs> and y'all, it is maybe one of the best nonfiction like one of maybe my favorite nonfiction essays of all time is in this book, just talking about grudge building and like building a world around grudges. And it was just so transformative or the fact that we only hang on. I do want to quote this. I'll start that sentence over again. Don't worry. Okay. In one of the chapters, she writes maybe my favorite sentence of all time. And it is, we all exist to one another as snippets of witnessed behavior. Mm. And I was just like, what are you doing? (laughs) Y'all, this is the book that you are going to want to add to your shelf. She has threads of stories that move throughout. And then she takes these tangents that are so fantastic. She's such a great writer. I follow her on Instagram. She's also like a genuinely nice person. Oh, that's nice. It is a fantastic book. Again, that is Mary Laura Philpott bomb shelter okay i've actually got a book as well uh my book is a fiction book it's uh called the golden couple it's by greer hendrix and sarah i hope i get this right uh pekinen i I hope that's close uh but the golden couple is about uh it centers around this couple marissa and matthew bishop they seem to have it all and then uh marissa is unfaithful so they go to a therapist but she's not like a regular therapist she's a cool therapist she's like off the books she's unlicensed she's unregulated and she has extreme tactics uh in order to get to the bottom of the issues between the couple so everything is not as it seems and look this is uh it's just one of those pulpy really good stories that you want to find out what's up oh i love okay that. this isn't going to win a pulitzer but it's super entertaining and i couldn't put it down it was a, a great read uh while i was sick one weekend so i cannot recommend it okay. enough um all right that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast and guys remember before you go anytime you do any shopping on amazon just go to amazon.com slash shop slash podcast first so you purchase our affiliate link or fair item purchase using that link this week was jamie this is a this is actually something you uh introduced me to yes the name. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. No. This is a portable power bank. It's the Ultra Slim. It's 10,000 mAh. Listen, I have had this portable charger. Listen, I've bought it three times. Here's why. I lost it at the Birmingham Live show because I so depend on it. What's great about this charger, no cords. You don't need a cord. You don't need a cord to charge it. Because it has its it has its prongs built in. You don't need a cord to plug it into to your device. It has a cord for your MacBook computer. It has a cord for all your Apple devices. It has a cord for all your Android devices. Y'all, this is the best portable charger. And when I lost it in Birmingham, which ended up just in a piece of travel luggage for the show, I ended up ordering it and having it sent to our Chicago hotel because that's how dependent I am on this charger. It is magical. I gave once we found that other one. I gave it to Knox. You love it now, too. It's, I thought you were overblowing it, but then when I got it out, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's the greatest thing, and we will include, of course, a link in the show notes. That's right. Oh, it's me. <laughs> okay. All right, you guys. That's not how we end it. Okay. All right, you guys. Don't forget, we would love to see you in Dallas in person, or we would love to have you at our live stream. Again, go to knoxandjamie.com slash live. Listen, thousands of people have seen our show, and I think we've had a really good time. So you want to have a really good time, too. Again, knoxandjamie.com live i'm jamie golden you can find me on instagram and twitter at jamie b golden i'm Knox mccoy uh that's it from a half used green room at the end of our tour thanks for listening we'll see you next time we have to be out in two minutes we have to go i know well sorry there's a ladybug in my salad there's a ladybug there's there's there's, there's a ladybug in my salad salad there's a ladybug there's there's there's, there's a ladybug in my salad salad Ladybug, ladybug, ladybug. In my salad, salad. 
ladybug, ladybug, ladybug. In my salad, salad. There's a ladybug in my salad. In my salad, salad. There's a ladybug in my salad. In my salad, salad. Ladybug, ladybug, ladybug. In my salad, salad. Oh my gosh, you're right. Oh, that's a full light. <laughs> it's alive. I thought you were kidding. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's supposed to be good luck or I feel like I've, I've tapped out on the salad. I, I was like okay. slowing down on it anyway. I'm but sure. for the best. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. It must have like. Was it the ladybug? Yeah, it's, no, yeah. it's a, yeah. a mixture of things. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. No, I just. It is totally fine. It happened to the best part. Exactly. Right. I always wanted to like try to protect the waiter in that situation, you know. So that's the role that I took on just now. That you got to observe. It was almost yeah. like you were apologizing to him. I was. I was. Yeah, I was apologizing I was asking that. For it. Yes. Yeah.